my voice and just that I'll get over that. The guys are, are ready to step up whenever I need it and had a, a couple of really good days and I'm thankful for that. I, there are times during the day I'm intentionally just not talking to anybody just and that, and that, it, that seems to be helping and so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And um, Andrea asked me if I was going to have someone else preach the night and and I just, I really just felt like I needed to, or maybe I just wanted to, but, you know, just wanted, just felt like I needed to, wanted to, whatever it is. And so we're going to deal with something tonight and then the Lord willing next Tuesday uh, for Thanksgiving out of a, a familiar passage perhaps, but uh, some good truth just to be reminded of. So um, in, your, in your prayer sheet, the title of the message is this, Faith and Gratitude, and this is part one of that. I'm just going to kind of lay some groundwork and remind you of something that seems very simple, and yet it is under great attack right now, and it has been for a while. And if we get caught up in it as believers, then we are going to be rendered completely ineffective for the cause of Jesus Christ. And so you'll understand what I mean as we get into it. Um, Luke 17, 11, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. So he's in between these two cities on his way. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. That's another message. <laughs> and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. So the part that we're accustomed to giving emphasis would be the response, the different responses here. We'll deal with that, God willing, next uh, Tuesday. But tonight I want to I look at the condition of these ten men and uh, just try to re be reminded of some truth that I personally know that I need and believe is really important in the kind of climate that we find ourselves in. Father, thank you for tonight. We've asked you in many ways and at different times to bless the service. And so please do that as you are willing in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing. It's funny how in... In marriage, you know, when you when you first uh, meet each other, and and then you're like, oh, you're amazing, yay! And, and will you marry me? <laughs> yes, with all my heart. And then you get married, and it's like the honeymoon phase. Like, oh, you're the greatest, most wonderful person ever, and. You're so pretty, and you're so strong, and you're so smart, and it's just everything, everything's really great. And then after like six weeks, like, we have nothing in common. You know, you know what I'm talking about? 
what's wrong with you? Who are you? You're not the person that I married. You know what that's like. You know, and it, you, it, it, you go through thinking, man, we're just, we're, we're so knit at the soul. And that lasts until it doesn't. And then it's like we, we, we have to work at finding out what we actually do have in common. And here's what's amazing. If you work at it, you do have a lot that is in common. It's easy, though, in a marriage to focus on what you don't have in common. And when you do that, seriously, when you focus on those things, it can create great friction and problems and distance and it even, even cause some long-term issues. There is a need to recognize, hey, there are some very important things that we do have in common. Obviously, obviously, there are some very significant differences by design, by the Creator's design, that men and women have. We're different. Hallelujah. All God's sisters, all God's daughters said. All God's sons said. Oh, yes. We are not ashamed of that. We are thankful for it. But you have to recognize, for the sake of a healthy marriage, you have to recognize, man, that we do have some very important things in common. I believe right now our country is, and it's not just happening, it's becoming, um, people are becoming more vocal about it, but there's been an intentional effort for decades. I'm not going to bore you with that history right now, but there, there was actually, there have been actual political efforts that have sought to divide this nation into different segments and sections for the purpose of being able to maintain power, of being able to advance agendas. And rather than, rather than doing what is best, just do what is best for people. They try to get different segments of society to focus on what is different rather than what they have in common. Now these ten, ten men were very different. We know that one of them was a Samaritan, at least nine, maybe less, but at least the ratio of nine to one, there were at least nine Jews and one Samaritan. And while that was a significant issue in that day, it was a very significant issue, these, these ten men all had something very serious in common, and that was this, they were lepers. You look at verse, excuse me, verse number 12. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers. There's no cure for this disease. It was only a slow and certain death. And much like people have experienced today being sick and some dying without being surrounded by their loved ones, as a leper, you were destined to die without your family being around you unless they also were lepers. For, but we see in this text that for their serious problem, there was a solution in the form of the Savior, Jesus Christ. So Jesus encounters them, and they begin in verse number 13 to lift up their voices and say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so they're holding nothing back. And if you were in, if you were in that condition and you had heard about all of the things that he had done for others, and you recognize this might, buy, this might be my only chance at being restored to my family and my life being extended, at being rid of my body, being rid of and healed from this awful disease. 
you would have spared nothing about your voice, but with all of your might, with every effort and every ounce of volume that you could produce out of your diaphragm, you would cry out to be noticed by him so that he would help you and intervene. And maybe to the surprise of some, he did. It's interesting that there are times when Jesus would watch, he would actually make contact with the leper. That means he's not afraid to touch and interact with anyone. Here, it doesn't say that. He just speaks to them and gives them an instruction. And once they follow that instruction, they're going to experience his healing. And the point of these different ways of healing is this, that it's all under his power. He's not limited to a certain way. He's not limited to a vaccine. He's not limited to a specific treatment. He can heal you whenever and however he wants to because he's God and he has control over all of these things. And so they, they obey him, which is an amazing act of faith. They, there's no argument, and we'll deal more with this next week. There's no argument. They're just, they're just moving to show themselves to the priest as the law commands, which would be an act of faith. And they, they see that they were cleansed in verse 14. Cleansed meaning every part of this disease has been removed. You've heard testimonies of people battling some disease. And, and after a time, they go in to have a checkup and they, they can't find any evidence of it. it no evidence. None. They're cleansed. It's gone. That's what happened here. Bodies that bore obvious and disgusting marks of this terrible disease that, that killed the nerves. In your, and, you, and you would just unintentionally, you would sever fingers, but you wouldn't be able to feel it. Or different parts of your body would just decay and rot. And these wounds would, would result in so much deformity. It was gone in a moment. They were cleansed, completely removed from them. Because for their common problem, there was a common solution. We have to remember that we have a common need. Like those ten lepers, we have a problem that we share with every other human being that has ever and will ever live. Romans 5 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so that death passed upon all men, for that what? All have sinned. Romans 3.23, for all. We have this in common, that with every person, since the fall of humanity through the decision of Adam, through in their descendants and the, and the sin and the corruption that has been sown throughout the sordid story of humanity, we are all, we have this in common, we are all sinners. Now this doesn't mean that there aren't differences among different people groups and communities, nations, and even people groups within a nation. But the greatest need and the greatest concern of these men was not the fact that they were, they were of two races that hated each other. Okay, John 4, the, some, the woman at the well, and this was her statement to Jesus, the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. The disciples come back and their attitude is, well, 
why is he talking to this woman who is a Samaritan? She's a woman and she's a, a Samaritan. What in the world is he doing? So under normal circumstances, men like this would have nothing to do with each other. But none of that seems to matter anymore because they have a serious problem that has helped them to have a perspective, a different perspective on their differences. When you recognize how serious your problem is and that you have that problem in common, you're no longer as, you're no longer as focused on the things that, or the areas that you're different. You're more concerned about this problem where we don't have our families anymore. We don't have our jobs anymore. In fact, we're in the exact same boat. That was where they were at. Look, under normal circumstances, these men hated each other, went out of the way to avoid each other. There was significant and extreme racial tension. But, man, when you're a leper, none of that matters anymore. I'm going to die, and you're going to die, and we can't be with our families, and this is just miserable. We only have each other. There is a an unparalleled effort that's been going on subtly, intentionally, and has become very prominent in the last several years to divide everyone up in this nation by every possible means. To stir up hate, animosity, suspicion, distrust, anger, and resentment. There's so much emphasis on being white or being black or being Latino or being Asian or being Native American, being a Democrat, being a Republican, being female, being male here in Idaho, whether or not you're from California. (laughs) In a time when the most important thing is who you voted for, and who you follow on Twitter, whether you watch CNN or Fox, which, if you're going to be honest, there's not much difference between either of them, whether you're pro-mask or anti-mask, we are, we are told over and over again that there are significant differences, and those differences become the focal point, and they are, they are used to create great division. I try to be careful about who I quote. You need to remember this. All truth is God's truth. I heard somebody say this. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. And so, I mean, just the fact that you may not agree or you may not agree with everything about somebody that I quote doesn't mean that what they said isn't true. Okay. So someone that would be very famous through Hollywood, Morgan Freeman, was asked this. How do you deal with racism? Stop talking about it. Stop talking about race all the time. Stop making race the focal point of every single conversation. Stop always pointing out how everybody's different and start focusing instead on what we have in common. That's a good idea politically, sure, but that's that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen politically. But it should be happening here. We are united by a much greater need we have to remember what we have in common 
And it's the greatest need that humanity has ever known. We have a disease that we cannot cure. And it doesn't have to do with the pigmentation on our external, the neighborhood that we're from, the nation that we refer back to as our ancestry. It has nothing to do with what our with, with, with where we come from and how we are raised, it's simply this. We were born from a line of sinners. Whatever, however, we are different. We have in common the curse of sin and the condemnation of that sin before a holy God. Maybe it sure would be good for people right now just to take a deep breath, for Christians to take a deep breath, and to say, all the things that I don't like that are going on, all the things that I think shouldn't be happening, all the people that I disagree with, you understand that every single one of us die and we answer to God. And we will spend eternity either in heaven or in hell. And it will not be based on some of the things that we get all worked up about. You know what it's based on? Did you put your faith in Jesus Christ alone? That's all it's based on. Do you believe in him? We have a common need. We got churches and believers looking at how falling falling into this political scam and looking at how people are different instead of just start, instead of recognizing, man, there's a common need. And it's this, it's the need for forgiveness. But just like the the lepers had a need, they also had a solution. We also have a common solution. (laughs) Y'all, y'all hear there's a COVID vaccine? Hear about that? Okay, I'm about to be a smart aleck here, so just deal with it. <laughs> I, read this, I read this statement, and, and there's some debate about this, so whatever. I'm just being a smart aleck. Keep you on your toes a little bit. Don't, don't get too mad here. This, this vaccine is supposed to be 95% effective. So that's good. We have a vaccine that's 95% effective at killing something that has a 98 to 99% survival rate. You say you can't be, listen, listen, I understand it's serious. I, I understand. I understand people have, people have died from it just like they have died from thousands of other things. But you know why we die? Because we have a sin problem. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's the coronavirus or any other virus or any other thing. We are going to die because we have a sin problem. And there's not a vaccine to fix that. There is a Savior, though. He's the common cure for sin. It's a relationship. Please, I know you know this, but I'm going to make some applications, some pointed applications. So just stay with me on this. There is a there is a common cure for sin, and it's only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. He was the only one who had the power to heal these lepers, and he is the only one who could save you. And those, and those people that are so angry, and those people that you have such strong opinions about, their opinions, or they have such strong opinions about your opinions, the greatest need can only be solved. And it's not by a political party, it's not by an election, it's not by anything that our nation is becoming so divided and about and engrossed in. It is only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the only one who had the power to pay for our sins. He's the only one who could lay down his life. 
He's the only one with the power to rise from the grave, and he's the only one and the only solution to the problem of our sin. They're already talking about the possibility, depending on who's in power, come January of 21, they're already talking about the possibility of forcing vaccinations. You understand Jesus Christ will not force himself on anyone. He will be accepted or he will be rejected. And it will be left up to the will of the individual. And by the way, I'll just take this opportunity to say this again, hallelujah. God doesn't determine that. He knows what you'll do, but he doesn't decide for you. You decide what you do with Jesus Christ. And if you choose to reject him, he will not hold you down and force yourself on him as he laid himself down and allowed the nails to be driven into his hands. He'll let you reject him, but if you open your heart to him in faith, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter what your scars are. It doesn't matter what your regrets are. It doesn't matter what anybody anywhere thinks about you. The moment you open up to him, he saves you and makes you his child. This is just really good stuff. Look at those lepers. And there were probably some people saying there, well, I'd heal some of them, but I wouldn't heal all of them. Yeah, you're quiet because you know it's true. I'd help those people, but I wouldn't help those people. That's what our nation's becoming. You know that? It's what we've become. You've got to qualify to be helped now. I'm not going to be respectful to you. I'm not going to be patient. I'm not going to help you on the side of the road. I see that bumper sticker. Forget it. That's what we're becoming. And there would have been people there that would have been happy with that. Now I'm going to heal them, but not him. No, Jesus came to heal everybody. <laughs> But not from leprosy, from sin. He, can't, he, he, he explained the parameters. Later on, just a couple chapters over, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Well, who qualifies for it? Whoever's sick. Who qualifies to be saved? Whoever's lost. He'll save anyone to the uttermost that's willing to come. Unto God by him. Here's the statement. What we have in common is, please get this, is far more important than how we are different. Okay, I, I didn't do this, but if I, had up a, if I had up a chalkboard, and you know how you keep score, just make, you remember old school? Some of you kids have never seen a chalkboard. You don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm familiar with this system when it comes to demerits. You get your name, like one, two, three, four, and then you make the little slanted line, five. No, that's not a good thing. Demerits are like golf. You want less. <laughs> I usually had a high score. Anyway, I was constantly hitting bogeys with my behavior. <laughs> so over here, you have differences. Just by, you see the check marks of the differences? Okay. Just by the check marks, the little marks of differences, you have all these fives with certain people. You know, you know what I'm talking about. How I was raised, how I look, how I think, where I come from, what I do with my time, how I think, this and that. And I'm not saying, do not leave here tonight saying those differences don't matter and those, those positions don't matter. Because I have preached on this 
on the truth that elections do have consequences. So don't accuse me of saying something I'm not saying. But please get this. In, in quantity, there will be many more differences than there are similarities. But when you look at what we have in common, if nothing else, a common problem and a common savior, those are, they may not be as many, but they are far more important than anything that separates us. You say, okay, go up to the board and point to the two things that are going to matter most in eternity. It's sin and it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. What we have in common is far more important than how we are different. Let me give you a few thoughts and then I'll be done. Number one, don't let society make you afraid to reach out to people who are different than you. Like I, for, for a long time, I've, I've worked on this and just, I want to think this way. I try to see people as this. When, just when I'm in this country, this is how I, I try to see them as people, number one. Number two, Americans. That. You say, well, what if we're not, we're, no, if we're not American citizens? I still love you. You're people. Hallelujah. So I, just, so I try, to, try to get out of describing people by superficial things all the time. You know what I mean? They're people. People. A man, a woman. That's enough. Are you with me? Hear what I'm saying? Understand more is necessary sometimes, whatever. Here's what you didn't see on that, on that missionary letter. The Gearsons were here. You may remember them or not. Typical independent Baptist missionary-looking family. Okay, yeah, I, I see how they were. They're a typical independent Baptist-looking missionary family, yeah. Caucasians, kind of obvious. And, man, what are y'all around here? Mormons? No. Okay, come on, y'all, y'all relax here. Anyway, where they were playing football was in South Carolina. Those kids that were watching them were black. And what you see in the picture of that young man that got saved is two white girls and two black boys. And you know what mattered about that to that family? Absolutely nothing. You know what they just saw? They just saw people. He looks over there and he, Listen, I know you know this, but there is an intentional effort to make you afraid to reach out to people who are different than you. Look, I've preached messages on this. I understand that there, there, there is tension, and I understand that in many cases there are reasons for tension, and you have to work through those things. But I'm telling you, there, there is an on-purpose effort to get people to be afraid of one another. You can't let people... You can't let any power or force make you afraid to love somebody because you have this in common. You're a sinner just like them. And they need a savior just like you have. You know why that, the, the, the way that the letter wrote it, the way that Brother Mark described it, just saw some curious onlookers. Girls playing football. What's up with that? And then he's just like, hey, y'all want to play? Yeah, let's go. Let's ball. And so they do. And he's like, hey, let's all sit down here for a minute. Let me tell you about Jesus. 
Yeah, I want to get saved. Because that's what Jesus does. He saves people. Don't allow society to make you afraid to reach out to people that are different than you. Number two, and brothers and sisters, you've got to get this. Do not think that you are better because you are right in lesser areas. Do you remember the whole point about there are things over here that matter, that that were different? And the point of it isn't that they don't matter. The point is they don't matter as much. Okay, I'm just, again, full of transparency. There are opinions that I have, and this might rub some people the wrong way. I know they're right. And I said this to people, in the love of God, if you can say it this way, I don't care that you sincerely think that. Here's a great statement. Facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> okay, y'all didn't enjoy that. Apparently some of you, I just feel so sincerely about this. Don't care. Doesn't change what the truth is. Hallelujah. There, there are certain things that are always true. And I'm convinced that I'm right about certain things, but not because I think it, but because there's biblical evidence for it, and because there are, there are centuries of practical observation that we can say, this works, and this never has. No, I'm really convinced I'm right on certain stuff, and I don't need anybody to agree with me for me to know that I'm right. <laughs> I can tell y'all are enjoying this, so let me just move on to what's more important. Here's where Christians get We think that because we are right in lesser areas, we are somehow better than people that we disagree with. I'm not telling you to endorse or to approve of or to promote sinful or foolish decisions that harm people, no matter how passionately they hold them. You just need to remember that just because you're convinced you're right does not make you better than them. You are not better. No, let me remind you of this. There, there, there are experiences that people have had that contribute to them thinking the way that they do. And the re- honestly, the real reason anybody has any clarity is because of the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's why anybody has any clarity about anything, if we're being honest. And we get, the, we get this idea, and you can, you can see it, on, it in the way people talk, and you can hear it in the the attitude that we have sometimes, the way that we talk down about people. Yes, I get frustrated. Yes, I get concerned. Yes, I feel all those things, and I've been guilty of this myself. But we've got to be aware of not looking at these other lepers and saying, well, I'm better than you because I, I think this about the economy, or I think this about this issue, or I think this. At the end of the day, you're all lepers, and it really doesn't matter. No, I understand that it does, but that's not why you're going to heaven. I understand that it does matter. It does. But Jesus, Jesus doesn't say, I'm coming back for this political party, but I'm going to make war with this political party. No, you know who's side? I, I love this. We'll deal with this someday, the Lord willing. In Joshua, you know before he went to Jericho and he went up on the hill and he was looking out over the battle, he's like, he's like thinking about the battle the next day and just trying to get his mind ready and focused and just doing what a commander would do. And he, he's up there and he sees this angel standing there. He's like, whose side are you on? 
And I don't remember the exact statement from the angel of the Lord, but the, the angel doesn't affirm being on Joshua's side. He makes this point. No, you've got it wrong. It's not your side or the bad guy's side. It's God's side or the wrong side. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't think you're better because you're right in lesser areas. I didn't say they're not important, but they're not ultimately the most important things in eternity. Number three, love and share the solution. People need what you have. They need it desperately. And we got it. I wonder how many football opportunities we've passed up. How many coffee opportunities we've passed up. How many opportunities just to say, hey, that could lead to something more. I know I have. What we have in common is far more important than anything that is different about us. You got to make sure that you remember that in this heated, crazy mess, and as our nation continues to tear itself apart because it has rejected God in so many ways, you got to remember that people need what you have. And it's a relationship with Him. Let's all stand together. I think about those I think about those tracks. Man, just one track a week. One track per family. Per week. If we could just do that consistently. I don't know that I don't know how you would need this or how you'd be helped by this but if you'd, if you'd say in your heart man I needed to be reminded of some of this truth I, need to be, I needed to be challenged by some of this truth and I can get too distracted with the other things that are going on I need to be reminded then if that's you if the Lord has spoken to your heart then respond to him while brother Nate begins to sing Let's respond to the Lord if he's talked to us. Jesus Christ is made to me all I need, all I need. He alone is all my plea. He is all to my need. Wisdom, righteousness, and Holy there.
we'll sing one more verse. Jesus is my all in all. All I need, all I need. While he keeps, I cannot fall. He is all I need. Wisdom, righteousness, and power. Holiness, this very Thank you, Brother Nate and Miss Rebecca. Thank you so much for being here. For those of you watching online, sure do appreciate you tuning in tonight. It's a blessing to get to be in church and looking forward to Sunday. And uh, don't forget with a message like this and just, just try to keep it in front of you. One track per family per week. You say, we're doing more. We can do more. Hallelujah for it. But let's, let's set ourselves some kind of standard and let's make sure that we're doing that. Let's make sure that we're trying to do something to help other, others know that there's something more than the chaos. There is a Savior who loves them and can change their life. Don't forget to pick up your books. Brother Nate is going to come and lead us in a song, and then you are dismissed. God bless you. Have a great night. Let's close with Christ is all I need. 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 All, all I need. Amen. You are dismissed.